0: The The Raging
1: Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, coach, let me tell you today. I'm here, and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, raging Cajun nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand, and let's
2: walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day. Start today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! ready. Who's y'all team ready? ready. Who's you team ready? let oh. oh. I got
1: one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raging Review podcast, a very salty edition of Raging Review post game. Nick and I are present at the moment. Jerry will be here momentarily. Momentarily, excuse me. Uh, we've had a chance to get lathered up all, all day, and uh, we're not going to pull punches. I'm I'm ripping people tonight. I'm pissed off. Nick is uh, obviously upset. Uh, we're going to do it like we always do. We'll be fair, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell the truth tonight. My gosh. I don't even know where to start, but we'll start with this. Uh, if you guys like the pod, please remember to rate, subscribe, review all that stuff. Leave some some comments for us. Let everybody know who we are. Let's continue to grow the brand. Uh Raising review has uh, the growth has been incredible. Thank you all for that. Uh, the second thing is we want to give big a big shout out to uh, some folks in the RV lot that we met uh, this during this. Uh, Session of tailgating for homecoming, uh, a lot of a lot of love for raising Review out there. So they're they're turning us up at the tailgate tonight. A uh, big shout out to Pogies and their tent. Uh, they they took care of us and uh, we had a good time with the Butlers and Clint and all those folks and Mr. Brian out there. So I want to say a big thank you to that. Uh, and they're listening to us as well. So if you guys want to call in, you want to get on the space, by all means, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty to say. Uh, Jerry has now joined us. Welcome, Jerry. Uh, we're just now getting kicked off. A lot to talk about. Nick, haven't been in Lafayette in a while. Home, uh, I'm sure the folks took care of you. How was your in-game experience in the stadium?
3: I'm a little bit sunburned, first of all, so I apologize for that. I'm a little, you know, a little red under the glasses today. But, um, no, it was great seeing a lot of people I haven't seen in a while. Probably years, man, because uh, three and a half hours doesn't seem like such a far uh drive but when you have to do it (laughs) it's a little tougher to to make it happen on on a regular basis so it was nice to see people I haven't seen in a few years and and some people who I have it was great to reconnect with some alumni that probably haven't been to a game in a while um as well I was a little disappointed in the I I was kind of stationed up in the uh, RV lot and uh, a little disappointed to see the turnout there I thought there would be more i thought it would be packed and it wasn't but i was a little more encouraged as i as i walked around because um as you walked more towards the entrance of of the stadium it it seemed like there were a lot more people uh i uh i was i wouldn't say disappointed by the experience in in the stadium in fact for some reason we still can't figure out how to scan tickets i know my i know for a fact i watched someone scan my ticket and it didn't scan. nothing happened Uh, She was clearly having trouble with scanning the tickets in front of me because the line was from here to Maurice. So as we're approaching, I'm like, there's clearly a problem. What's going on? As as by the way, as some guy is yelling at fans that maybe accidentally didn't bring a bag in and says, hey, ma'am, you have to return that to your There was yelling going on, which was ridiculous. But anyway, um, getting to the uh, the ticket scanner. She clearly couldn't scan tickets. I get to her, and there's something that says, please scan ticket for entry or something. You could see the, the writing on it. And she scanned my ticket four times. Nothing changed. It still said, please scan ticket for entry. I've seen those things work before. There's a clear message that goes up on the screen. It clears it. You go in. And so my ticket wasn't scanned. And and when they announced the attendance, um, I was like, well, that it, it seemed like more. But, uh, that could, again, we seem to have these problems yet again. They, they come back to haunt us for some reason. We can't figure out now the ticket situation, but I will say I, it took me 30 seconds to get a beer when I walked in. So that was encouraging. I don't know what happened the rest of the game, but, um, at least that was good.
1: As far as getting in the game, uh, we got there. So I had, we had soccer, obviously when we got back, it was probably three ish three forty-five ish. We stood in line for roughly 30 minutes to get in the gate one scanner on we were in gate D because we had to park in the lot one scanner uh, between the wait to get in and and actually getting to our seat roughly 30 minutes we probably missed about 20 15 to 20 minutes of game game action now could we, if we had gotten there earlier would it have been maybe a little bit different well probably but the fact of the matter is is that we couldn't so i don't know how hard I'm going to be on the folks for that uh, I still think that there's got to be a way than having one person stand in. Uh, there there are four ways to get in in each gate. Why is there one person scanning? It, it makes God, absolutely no converse- sense.
3: I was having a conversation with someone who is within the athletic department itself. And, and he was voicing frustration to me. Like, I can't believe we're going to screw this up. We actually have fans show up and he couldn't get into the gates of the parking lot because cops kept sending them all the way around the complex. We're three games into it, guys. I mean, this is our third home game, and we still can't figure out parking. And and this isn't our third home game ever this season, and we still can't figure out parking. It doesn't change. The, the gates don't move. It's the same thing every season. And here we go again. We're talking about it. Why are we still talking about it? So there's even frustration from inside the administration of people who can't even get into the the stadium or to get to the parking lot to get into the stadium.
1: Uh, and uh, what are we doing? And for a little bit more information, that person is involved with operations and we're not going to give away a name because we don't want to get anybody in trouble, but that person is involved in running things and he's, or she is upset about how things are being run. I don't know if they expected the crowd. You know, you did have comic con on the other side of the street and I, I they had some intramural stuff going on uh, behind the sorority and fraternity houses. It was, it was, when you when we showed back up because we were there all morning and then we left and when we came back i was shocked to see the crowd because like you said nick the rv lot if you were judging based on the rv lot you thought oh god this could be disappointing uh, but it turned out that the student tailgate was totally packed when we came back the other side uh you know the west side of the stadium was lively and going and it was good but again you had lines at every gate as far as you could see, the t- every gate at the uh, or at every ticket booth at every area where you could buy a ticket was I don't know 300 yards long. It felt like people waiting to get in, people waiting to get in. Then when you got into the stadium, at every concession area, there were lines all the way into the walking areas. So my tried and true is to go up to UD to get my popcorn and beer. That was long. So I I just don't understand how again it's the same stuff every home game it's the same weight to do the same shit to stand in line and and wait for the same uh, how how have we not fixed this issue yet how? But Josh,
3: you said maybe they weren't expecting the crowd. It's freaking homecoming on a day without a cloud in the
1: sky. And you're saying you're not expecting a crowd? You can't invite people to a stadium that sits thirty-seven to 40,000 people and not be able to handle 20,000 people. Which, by the way, we sold over 21,000 tickets and we announced less than 21,000 people. There was by far more people in that stadium than 20,000 people. We all, we, we, sat there and I was looking, we, I, when we first got there, we sat in the South end zone just to, to look and see what the crowd would look like. I guarantee you there was 23,000 people guaranteed without question. You had the whole home side was full. UD had to but maybe right about half full. Uh, the Hill was Completely full. The concourses were totally full. You had at least one student section area. Now that they've started roping off the other parts, it was totally full. And then it spilled over into the band, and then beyond that, the south end zone was more full than I've seen it, it probably since the South the Sun Belt Championship game. And they announced twenty thousand people, uh, twenty and some change. Come on, man! There was way more than that. We just keep shooting ourselves in the foot, and it's just I I, I don't know, Nick. I, I just. <laughs> It's exhausting. I I got a text message when I was walking out of the stadium and it said, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we support this? Why is it so difficult to root for our home team? Why do they make it so goddamn difficult? And I don't have an answer. My answer was because we hate ourselves.
3: You brought up the point that Dan's on the TV stream going, you know, man, great crowd today they're saying we sold over 21,000 tickets coming into the game, which you would assume 21,000 tickets coming into the game, you're gonna have more sold today. And we (laughs) announced less than 21,000.
1: It's a a clown show. I watched somebody in (laughs) front of me. They they had the the Young Raging Cajun uh, badges from like 2019. And they just walked in, these kids were like 13 years old. What does the thing go to, 12? Is it two to 12? I think that's the deal. Two to 12, you can get the Young Raging Cajun pass. It said 2019 on the freaking badge. The kid's like, you know, he's got a mustache, and he's walking through the gate for free. No ticket. No problem. And we don't even count those people. We don't scan them in any way. They just walk right in. Again, there's got to be a better freaking way. Gotta be. Jerry, are you back? Can you talk about your seat situation?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I had to step away. Um... Well, what seat situation? There's a few of them. Um, well,
1: you had half a seat to sit in and they sold it or something. What what happened there?
0: Yeah. So, so the seat. Okay. So we have four seats in, in, in D2 and it's one of the top rows before the concourse level. we my parents have had them for forever and our four seats to the right. If you're facing the field to the right of ours, the seat next to where our seats are, there's no seat. Like you have the back and then you, there's nothing to sit on. And it's been like that for However long. Well, apparently I show up to my seat, which I was late to the game, by the way, because it took me 25 minutes to get through the gate because they uh, uh, bottlenecked the line. But anyway, that's a different story to scan tickets. Anyway, we'll get to that. So I show up to my seat and somebody is sitting in one of our seats to the right of mine. And I'm I'm looking. I'm like, who who's this guy? I was, you know, I thought some random person was sitting in our seat. Come to find out he and his wife or friend or whoever bought those two tickets next to us and they sold them the seat. The seat they were supposed to be sitting in is the one with no bottom to it. And they sold them the seat. So he shows up and he has no seat. Well, he's got to sit in our seat because I mean, he can't stand the whole time. And apparently he talked, I don't know if it was somebody in the ticket office or who they talked to, but they told him, we apologize for selling you the seat, but there's nothing we can do because the seats are so outdated. There's nothing they can do to fix it because they don't sell that bottom anymore so now the seat holy just moly there.
1: is that perfect I mean, or what
0: i've approached i've approached the administration a few times about it and i don't i mean i've gotten an answer like hey we'll take care of it but it, it's still there and look i, I don't want to say this like i don't want to even talk about this story publicly but it has to be addressed you sold somebody a seat with no bottom just imagine you show up to your seat and you don't even have a seat.
1: On homecoming, we usl to the absolute core. The the
0: line to get in was, now, here. okay, let me make a disclaimer. Uh, my wife and I took my daughter, who turns nine months next week. We took her out to her first tailgate, and that was a blast. Homecoming parade was great. Everything was fine. So we brought her back home because she was getting a little tired, wasn't going to make the game. So we bring her back home, and um, we have some family that watched her come back to the stadium and about 15 minutes before kickoff, the lines are just long as can be. Now, granted, I usually go in the stadium way before I'm usually in the stadium during, you know, before the band marches to the pregame. I've never have experienced a line like that before. And so I, we, we entered, we entered by the school board. The line was so long. Uh, my wife decided to go to the tailgate spot for a little bit to meet some friends. I went in by the Oak tree, the Oak in the stage. I, I decided to go in that interest to see if it was any better. It wasn't. And come to find out, Cajun Field has those two large gates, two wrought iron gates in the front. Well, one of the gates had four, four or five scanners, and then the other gate only had one. Well, I ended up in the line with the one to the point where you basically had to bottleneck your way into the stadium. And I missed probably I – was, I was in line at least 10 minutes before kickoff – I didn't get to my seat till like midway through the first quarter. And, and I, I told my wife, from now on, I am getting into the stadium early. And I usually do. Again, this was a special circumstance, but to say that the line moved well is is kind of an understatement. I, I was very surprised by that. And you know what's funny, Jerry, I, is that I, I was. you have Three people
3: who had the same negative experience, okay? So who knows how many more people have the same experience? Well, I can tell you because we saw them. But the funny thing is when you, when you finally get scanned in and this woman who didn't scan my ticket, as I'm going to say for the fourth time, I was, my, my ticket was never scanned to get in. This is ridiculous. Why are there only two scanners? And the answer from them is, well, you should have gotten here earlier. That's the awesome. answer you're giving your customer that paid money to come in. It's their fault that it's taken so long to get into the game.
1: And look, I'll look at those lines and say, hey, this is, and this is exactly what I thought when we got there. Hey, great, this is a great problem to have. That means there must be a ton of people only to get to the front of the line and see where it's bottlenecked because there's one person scanning tickets. One. And it ain't even doing it right. Yeah. I'm, I'm,
0: well, it's, it's because they have the one gate. So each gate has two wrought iron gates. One of the gates has four scanners. The other one has one. But still, like... Why would you open that line if you're going to bottleneck? And it got to the point where once you get past the bag check line, people just kind of scatter into random lines. And it's just, I don't know if it's the scanner being slow or what, but I mean, to get in that. And I know people say, well, you should have gotten in earlier. doesn't matter. You're supposed to have more vendors to scan your tickets. You don't bottleneck a line.
1: You you cannot tell the customer why they did something wrong you can't do it that's why nobody comes to our games you cannot tell the customer they're wrong you can't do it we haven't figured this out it doesn't jerry you have a kid how many times wouldn't you say that a big part of our demographic is going after families in the katie area that's go by the hill we, we were by the hill today. So you we can't tell somebody there. with a nine-month-old, hey, you, shouldn't have got, you should not have gotten here early. You should have gotten here. Look, I know we should get here earlier. But if, if I look at the crowd when I showed up to Cajun Field 15 minutes before the game, it doesn't matter what time you got there. They had been, people had been waiting in line for 15 minutes before that. You yeah. cannot have one person at the gate scanning tickets. <laughs> you just can't do it. You want to tell me it's a budgetary problem? Fine, it's a budgetary problem. But you got to cut somewhere else. What, what are you paying to DEXO? They're totally failing. Cut some money off of that. You know, look, we can go into the whole budget thing where we're, we're wasting money. Getting people in the event to spend more money is at the top of the priority list. I think we would all agree on that. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, um again, this is very
0: unusual for me, but, it, but I, I'm just telling you my experience. Look, you guys know me. I'm always the positive guy, but that was not a positive experience. And, you know, we here's the thing. We're three fans that are always going to be retained because we love this university. We love this program. But to the average John Smith, who went with his family today to so the game, who doesn't usually go to the game. If they had to experience that with their three kids and then had to wait an hour in line for nachos,
1: you know, and then I, 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 we talk about this every week. Tonight, I'm expe- especially mad because you had that crowd that you've been asking to come. They showed a really up. They showed up for you.
0: fantastic crowd. They showed up for you. It it up for you. And, and
1: what you did was you, you, you I'm going to try not to get ugly, but you know you, you basically said, look, we don't care if you're here or not. That's what happened. You got people circling the stadium to try to find a place to park because uh, I don't know why. Cops don't know where to tell the people to go to park. I ended up parking way beyond like where the light center and all that is. I parked way back there. And that's fine. I don't mind walking. It, at this point, it was just me because I had dropped the kids off and Catherine by the by the uh, entrance to where Gate D is. So that's fine. I walked. No big deal. I'll never complain about having to walk. But it should not have taken me that long. It, you know, just think about the other people that don't know what the games are like. They're coming for the first time. When they walk all that way, and then they get to the ticket booth and they say, "Oh, I got to There's another 30 minute wait to even get a ticket, and then I got to wait another 10 minutes to go to go through bag check and another 10 minutes to get my my my, my ticket scanned. Oh, no, man. It's Josh, It's got to change. Perfect,
3: Perfect example of the inconsistencies. So somebody close to the program tried to get into the parking lot and couldn't with a pass and was told to go all the way around. My godchild who accidentally left his pass with me and needed to come get something in the stadium. So has no parking pass. Somehow was able to get back into the tailgate area with no pass. That's so inconsistent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so perfectly us right there.
0: Well, I think also, too, and and this is for another time, but you had Comic-Con at the Cajun Dome. You had the Latin Festival downtown. So you had all of these different events on Congress Street that caused a massive traffic jam to where it was even more, it was even difficult to get into the stadium area. Now, look, I understand you have events around Lafayette, but, you know, I I was talking to a a friend and also a listener to the pod this morning, and we kind of brought it up. I know the university works with the city. I know the university works with the community. I know the athletic department works with the community when it comes to certain events. I don't know if maybe it's us going to the council or what, but can we go tell the city, can we have six Saturdays in the fall? Give us six Saturdays in the fall to where we can base all of the events in town around our football games. And in return, we are the number one revenue generating entity in, in the area through the university. Give us
1: six Saturdays. Here, here's a, here's another thing, any- Jerry. The wife of the event coordinator, what is Troy's actual title? Do you remember what it is? Well, he's the director of football operations. Director of football operations. His wife is the right hand woman to the mayor of the city. Has anybody ever stopped to think about the degree of separation that is? Why is it so difficult to get football in touch with what the city is doing? to where we can marry the two and bring it all together. When you have those two folks that close to each other, they live in the same house. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong. What I'm saying is, where is the communication about, if we want to get these events together, why is it so difficult? Again, five, six times throughout the entire year, can we have events inside the gates of Cajun Field? Now, look, we've spent 20 minutes on this, and I don't want to make the entire show that. This is the last thing I'm going to say. When we bought our tickets, the the automated card reader was broken. They were manually typing in the numbers. I just got that note. They were manually typing in card numbers to sell tickets. Let that sink in. And then think about the line. And then think about the people that said, F this, I'm going back to the tailgate because there were a lot of people that stayed in the tailgate. Just to let you know. Uh anyway, we I think we made our grievances known. Let's talk about the game. Does anybody have something they want to start with from the very top? Like the number 1 thing you want to talk about. I'm open all the way and then we'll start taking calls.
3: Yeah, I'll just say I'm not mad because sadly I'm apathetic at this point and we are what we are. I think I've, I've come to terms with that. So I'm not mad. I'm not mad about the decisions we made, some of them that I don't agree with. We are who we are and that's That's it. That's all I got. I got nothing else, man. I really do. I don't, I don't have another thing to say about it because I'm not going to live the rest of my weekends through the end of the year being pissed off every time we drop a game. I'm just not, I I can't do it at, at this point anymore.
0: I think I was more upset because we didn't, this was really one of those games where you knew going into the, to this game that you were playing a really good opponent. And we, we fought to the end. I think what was more frustrating for me was the defense. You couldn't ask. If I'm a defensive player right now, I am furious. And I'm, I'm heartbroken, too. But offensively, you get that last touchdown drive. But really, you, you only scored 10 points. You leave six points. Our field goal, our, our field goals were just, I mean, our field goal kicker is just, unfortunately, he's getting back into the groove. He missed two field goals. Um, but we really couldn't sustain a drive that that was more frustrating for me. I mean, outside of Eric Garrett's punt return for a touchdown early on, which by the way, was a thing of beauty. You, you really didn't move the ball. Well, and then when you had the chance to move the ball, well, you dropped balls, you missed assignments on the offensive line. A running back couldn't find holes to, you know, to open. Um, I, I just offensively, it's, it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle. And, I'm like you Nick, I just think at this point there's really nothing nothing you can say or do to make it better. Now I did notice and I hope he does I hope he, he gets better. I know David Hudson came out and I think you know Landon Burton going in in the second half created a little bit of a run game. I don't know if it was because he was just physical on the line at center but outside of that, I'm just so <laughs> I want to be frustrated with the offense because we're so used to seeing an offense that that is just so effective. It's, it's, it's hard to watch now. Um, even little things like, you know, when we throw, we do these little dink and going pass plays that Levi would just tear it apart. We can't even complete a pass um, or barely complete passes. Uh, you know, I, there's just no consistency. It's inconsistency all around, but defensively outside of that last drive, you really couldn't ask much more of them or from them. They played great for the most part. I, I don't know, man. I, it's it's it hurts because you 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 knew this was a good team that you were playing, and you still had a chance to win it. And two missed field goals prevent defense to end the game. You come out with a loss, plain and simple. I think this team needs the ten day break badly. Going into Marshall, they need a ten day break. Just they they need to just regroup. Because, I think look.
1: tonight. I think tonight is one of those losses that can wreck a season. Now, I don't know what kind of attitude these guys have. I would be so upset if I played defense for this football team. What more can you ask these guys to do? I mean, what are we? I think we're plus seven in the turnover category at this point in the season, and we're two and three. This team should be four and one. This team should be four and one. Rice beat us, they beat us. Nobody else beat us. We beat ourselves in every other game that we've lost. It- and the
3: thing that's so crazy about it too, Josh, is that every time, and it's even sometimes things that are beyond our control. Like like one thing that was not beyond our control is is that Chris Smith makes this amazing leap over a defender, you know, runs for 40 yards, and then there's a holding call that brings it back. But then Chris breaks another, you know, he breaks for another run, and then pulls his hamstring, goes down at the 30. That'd have been six right there. Oh, he scores. And, and who knows what? He right. scores. So that's just an example of like, not only can we not get out of our own way, I, I mean, we our, our running backs are all going down now. Kabodi went down. He, I don't think he ever came back. It's just like every time we do something good, whether it's it's self inflicted or not, it feels like you're just waiting for that bad. What's going to happen? Like I'm holding my breath. Okay, what bad is going to happen? Because it's we can never, like you said, Jerry, it, we can't be consistent. We can't consistently. Uh, do anything good every there's always something bad that's going to happen right after and and I don't know if that's just a, a measure of how this season's going to be because that's kind of what I'm at this point just going to expect is that's going to be our season
1: I'm going to say a few things we have a ton of people that want to speak so I'm gonna let them speak but I'm going to rain a little bit okay it's a mark of a bad team when you're inconsistently consistent or consistently inconsistent, however you want to say it. If it's not if it's not bad quarterback play, it's the, the center snapping the ball over the head. If it's not the center snapping the ball over a head, it's uh, Mike Jefferson dropping the football. Or fumbling the football. Or John Stevens not being able to catch a cold. Or the play caller going away from throwing it to the tight end. Or Cabote going down on a freak little twist. Or, or like you said, uh, uh, Chris Smith about to break one and comes up lame. I don't know if that was a cramp or a hammy, but I hope it's a cramp. Uh, you know, just a bad penalty at a bad time. The The last... Pass by uh, for South Alabama would that put them in, in uh, field goal range? Man, we we were all over the play. The ball, he threw a good pass for the first time all night long. It was a back shoulder guy had to turn, grab it. It was a dart. It was the best pass he threw all night long. The defensive line showed up big time tonight. The secondary played like the, the, the secondary that we thought we were going to have. I thought that our, our linebackers uh, played their best game of the season. We stopped Webb. I think he had 75 yards total, uh, like three and a half yards a carry. That guy is very, very good. He's hurt a lot of people uh, early in the season. He's one of the better backs in the Sun Belt for my money as far as the first five games I I, you can't ask this defense to play better Sonny Hazard showed up McGriff showed up Uh, uh Braylon Trawhon had a hell of a game Trey Amos is rounding in the shape okay the the defense is there just like we thought they would be the defensive line was the defensive line that I expected to see tonight they got let down by their offense all night long they got they got let down by their special teams they got let down by the play calling look dude I love Mike I love Mike I'm gonna ride for Mike he was bad tonight. The play calling was bad tonight. Why are you throwing the football two yards away from the goal line when you're clearly playing for overtime? Why are you calling a timeout when you're clearly playing for overtime? They had three timeouts left in 50 freaking seconds. Why are you calling a timeout right there, dude? Run the ball. It's second in one and a half yards. Run it three times if you have to. You don't call a timeout right there. They had way too much time on the clock. Way too m- That is. That is... That is basic, in my view, that is basic time management, clock management. How can you call a timeout right there? I, I, we weren't, like, it's. we didn't line up improperly. We didn't have the wrong play call in. They called a timeout to stop the clock. I will never understand why they call that right there. Ridiculous. And you got Ben in, who's a running quarterback. He was going to open up lanes and everything. Why are you running? First of all, I know Pierce caught the ball and it's a touchdown. Great, awesome. You should be running the football right there. I'm sorry, man. I just totally, completely disagree with everything that was done on those last few plays for us to score. Glad we scored. Nobody can say for for sure we're going to score if we run the ball. Doesn't matter. You force them to use the timeouts or you punch it in one way or the other. You don't give them the opportunity to drive it back down the field and kick that field goal. That was terrible clock management. Going to calls, Jacob, you were the first one to... Two request, sir, it's yours. Please take it.
4: Um, but to back up what Brian was saying earlier, I know we're talking about the game, but just so you know, the UL Alumni Association tailgate historically opens up three hours before game time. So you not seeing people until like 1 o'clock makes sense.
1: Okay, that's just good information. I didn't know, that. know I, that. I was surprised by that because usually it's it's jam-packed.
4: Yeah, well, I mean... It opened up at 1, so you're not seeing people at 11 or 12 or whatever makes sense if it doesn't open until 1.
1: All right, good but deal. I my, appreciate my main, that.
4: My main concern with, with the team in general, I agree with you. I mean, the defense, for the most part this entire season, throwing out the Rice game, has, has kept us in all these games. And I watch a lot of college football, and I think to myself, like, if we're holding a team to 21 or less points, that's a game we we should be winning. Right, We should be outscoring somebody if we're holding them to 21 or less every game. Um, tried to calculate out. I'm not sure if my calculations were correct, but I tried to average out our points per game, removing the EMU game. I think we rank in the bottom 20 in the nation in scoring offense um, by points per game. So I don't know what's clicking. It's just disappointing to see that. I, you've, you've heard me criticize it before in the past. I don't think we play very exciting football. Um, just like we're not very up tempo, we try to do the same thing over and over, get the same result, but keep trying the entire game, um, hoping to see a switch in mentality after the after the ten ten day uh, rest. Um, I'll always support the Cajuns, though. You know, uh, good times or bad times. So,
1: before we go to the next caller, Nick, if you don't mind, pull up the stats if they're if they're available, so we can go through. I know the offensive numbers are putrid, but I want to know exactly. I want to say we were like maybe two for 15 or three for 15 on third down tonight. It was yeah. really bad. Well, I don't know really if we bad. throw for 100, 100 yards in the air.
3: It was really bad through until that last drive. Um, Until that last drive, we were awful. We were putrid and on third down, but we ended up being six for 16 on third down, and we held um, – I'm not saying hell, but the South Alabama was 12 for 21 on third down. But it seemed like you know every time South Alabama we'd back them up or it'd be third and long. They 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 we we go back into zone coverage and they get the first down every single time. Or we'd we'd allow a big. I think there was a big running play on third and 45. And that, I mean I'm I'm exaggerating, but it seems like every time they had third down. and it was long they were they were going to make it and and we just couldn't get it together until till that last drive um we had 276 yards total offense um south al had 361 we had 161 yards of rushing versus their 116 and then um i'm trying to passing yards where is that net passing yards yeah they had 245 yards of passing i mean that in itself tells you they only scored what 20, 23 points against us. Was that 20? The finals? 20 points, right? 17, so they, 20 they to only 17. Scored, only scored 20 points against us, and they had 245 yards of passing. So that tells me that obviously our, our defense.
1: Uh, they were stout, they, man. They looked yeah, great. They I, yeah. I, I thought they played ferocious football tonight. You can't ask you can't ask those men what is the time of possession. You can't ask those men to stay on there three quarters of the game and then expect them to I mean come on man they gave you everything they had. Uh shout out to James P Bitterman checking in. Uh we ended up being 6 of 16 on third down 0 for 10 before that last drive. Correct. Thanks yep. JPB appreciate you uh, you checking in and pr- and uh and providing that information. Mr. Butler.
2: How y'all doing man? Thank good, you all man. for having
1: Yes, sir. What's up, Jay?
2: Yeah, man, so the, the biggest thing, uh, I agree, and I took a phone call, so I don't know if the uh, last caller said this or not, but the biggest thing, man, I know you I know you seen my tweet, the zone defense on third and long, it's like how do you not expect these teams that watch film to not, not know what coverage we're going to be? It's like it's consistently the zone defense on third and long, and it's like we continuously – are getting burnt by this, and that's frustrating. But other than that, the defense did play great. I got to give kudos to them. As far as the offense goes, man, we're we're lacking identity. Like, it, it, it's terrible to see. Like, in my opinion, we don't even have like quick play calls. Like to get the get the ball out the QB hands really quick like just to get him in the rhythm so we can get the offense moving it seems like all of the passing plays are just like long progression reads for some reason i agree 100
1: percent, and i've been hollering about it since day one we do nothing to neutralize an aggressive defense no (laughs) bubbles no jets no screens nothing
2: you know man and, and and that's frustrating because that plays into the identity that plays into why we can't consistently move the ball because we can't find a rhythm because we don't have an identity. So um, the biggest thing is, man, and 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 I'm I'm rooting for Coach Mike, man, and like and like I'm behind him 100%. It's just you know we, we we're going through it right now, man. But it, it sucks to see and it sucks to experience that, man. Because you know I'm I'm behind Coach Mike 100%, man, for sure. And it's it just it just sucks to see and it sucks to experience that because I know, you know, as a player and as a fan now, you know, we're not used to this, you know, and and I know we were spoiled a little bit and it's just, you know, but I'm I'm consistently telling the fans and I'm consistently telling people, you know, you kind of have to give grace a little bit because this is not a job where you can just walk into it and just everything is going to just click. You know, you you're gonna go through your bumps and bruises. You're gonna go through things. He has to figure it out. You know, I, I think the last time he was really a head coach was in high school, right? Like yeah, yeah. that's that's the only time. That's right. So, you know, this is a different this is a different ball game. Things are faster, It's much more meticulous. Like he's gonna figure it out, and I'm I'm optimistic about that because I'm behind him because I know him personally, right? So it's like, but I'm frustrated just as everyone else, and you know. A lot of the things that we're saying is like it's obvious and we don't understand why they're not doing it. But I also know because, you know, I I, I play it. I know it's some things that we don't know is the reason why they're not doing, you know, not doing some things. So I appreciate y'all for having me, man. I I just want to say let's just remain optimistic. Let's stay behind them because the worst thing we could do is to turn our backs on because I know how that feels. So let's stay behind them. Let's keep supporting them. And let's just hope they continue to get better. I enjoyed tonight. I mean, speaking to people, it was a lot closer than they thought it would be. Um, But, like I said, I was optimistic the the whole time, and I was glad to see them fight the way that they did. So I appreciate y'all for having me, and um, go Cajuns, man. That's all I can say.
1: James, thank you for calling. appreciate you listening. Uh, Go ahead, Nick.
3: I just want to add on to this, uh, and I love everything you said, James, and I'm going to agree with you. I'm a Daz guy, and I want him to be successful. And I don't don't really think there's anybody that I know that doesn't want him to be successful. But I will say the one thing that has got to be fixed is the stupid penalties like that flagrant ejection that we had tonight. And we've seen it in almost every game this season where our players are doing stupid crap like that. And I don't care what the other player on the other team is telling you. You, you can't. You, I mean, you're just that. That's uncalled for, and that to me again, that's a disciplined coaching thing, and. I, I, there needs to be a come to Jesus somewhere in that locker room because we cannot continue. I, I tell you what, the people in the stands tonight that I sat sat around were more pissed off at that than they were of any of the poor plays that we had tonight. They and, and somebody yelled out, this is not our kind of football, Des. They yelled that from the stands. So that tells you that's we're not those kind of people. We have got to get that cleaned up more than anything going forward this season. Yeah,
2: um, I agree with that, man. I, I just think – you know, Dez is a player's coach. I mean, I think we all know that. He's he's easily a likable guy. I think sometimes you have to play that role of good cop, bad cop, so to speak. Like that. Not saying that they, your players have to fear you, but you have to instill some type of discipline to where they know if they mess up, there's some type of repercussions for that. Like you know what I'm saying, and I'm not saying that HUD is the was the best coach in the world. I mean, we know he all had his flaws, but we knew that if we did something like that, we were going to get embarrassed the next day, like on Sunday watching film. We knew that, and no one, no one wants that. Not like I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know, you know, what they're doing in there, and I don't know what the protocol is. But I'm just saying, like, we didn't have that because we just knew that we were going to get embarrassed, right? So. I mean, I don't know, man. Hopefully, you know, some things change when it comes to that point. You know what I'm saying? Because that that is embarrassing. Because that's not our brand of football.
1: I think it's something that needs to be fixed for a multitude of reasons. But the number one thing is that it's causing us to lose games. I mean – we can't even argue with that at any point. I mean, that, that's just the, the fact of the matter. James, thanks for your thoughts again, man. Tell those boys down at the uh, at the Pogies tailgate to keep it calm over there. I'll, I'll see y'all in a bit. Uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, please continue to call when we do the postgame. Love your thoughts. If anybody doesn't know, that's James Butler, former Ragin' Cajun wide receiver, cup of coffee in the NFL, uh, played for HUD, good dude, awesome family. Uh, uh, know these guys personally, so good folks. I want to take this opportunity to say, Coach Dez is, of course, we're Dez guys. We know Coach. We, we know him well. Like I can tell you, last night we were at the Hall of Fame thing, and uh, I spent you know 20 minutes talking to him about different things, talked about the pod, talked about football, talked about just life in general. We're Dez guys, but I told him last night, and, and he knows the deal. I said, Dez, we're going to get on the post game, and we're going to rip what we think needs to be ripped. So if he, if he listens to this, he knows exactly what – I told him exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to be fans because that's what we are. And you know what the man said? Good. Thank you for what you do. Please keep doing it. Please continue. That's the kind of guy Dez is. Dez knows that this is part of the gig. So disclaimer, this doesn't mean that we're complaining or being negative and we're not bailing on the program. We still give our money. We still show up to the games. We still do the podcast. Listen, we are fans and he understands that and he understands that he's got to get better at his job. It doesn't mean that we're bailing on him. We're never going to bail on him. I'm a, I'm a Des guy. Everybody here is. I think everybody in the uh, in the audience here that's calling up is also a Des a Des guy. At the end of the day, we want to see him succeed because we know what it means for the program if he succeeds. You get a guy like that, a local guy that we know we can keep a while. That's so huge for us. That's that's a that's it's the best thing that can possibly happen to this program. Uh, let's see, JMV, uh, you are up next, sir. Please go ahead and take it.
5: Yes, I got two questions. Uh, both for Jerry. Jerry knows Mike probably better than any of us on here. Number one, first question, Jerry, do you think Mike needs to give up the play calling duties would be my first question. And my second question, do you think it's time to take the red shirt off of Chris?
0: Wow. Good questions. Um, play calling duties. You know, I, I, that's a hard one to answer because I don't know what they're talking about in the meetings. I don't know. Cause I know, Guys like Tim Leger and George Munoz definitely have a big say in what goes on with the play calling. Um, as far as experience, I mean, do I think there's other coaches on the staff who might have more experience than Mike as far as play calling? Yes, absolutely. I mean, George Munoz called plays for us for many a years uh, and two with under two different coaches. Uh, Tim Leger was the OC at, at, at Magnese and he was also an OC in high school. Um, so do I think Dez needs to? give up the play calling. I really don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. Um, you really, I really have to look at what type of, you know, what, what's the scheme, what are they discussing in the meetings that we really would determine it. So um, I think after a while, if they, you know, after so many boneheaded, <laughs> if there's so many boneheaded calls, you know, yeah, sure. Why not? But right now, Des is the head coach. He makes the decision. And I think, you know, I, I trust his play calling. As far as taking the red shot off of Zeon, look, man, we all know the potential Zeon Chris has. We all know that pretty much it's safe to say that he's the future. I don't know. I would like to see it as a fan, but that's a tough one. I mean, as if the fan in me says yes, I want to see him play like right now, but I don't know what he looks like at practice. I don't know if he's still immature. I don't know how much of the playbook he knows. I don't know what... If if he's a standout, if he if he he's played with the ones and what he looks like against the ones, look, the speed of the game is 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 a lot faster than high school. It's a lot faster when you play at the FBS level like we do. So that's something where I think I I have to rely on the coaching staff to know when it's appropriate for him to come in or not. Um, uh, now I was that doesn't change the fact that I'm excited about him playing soon because I do think he's got a lot of potential and I think he's going to do a lot of great things for us based off of the film I watched when he was at Madison prep. Um, But you still have two or three quarterbacks on the depth chart ahead of him that have more experience. And, you know, we can look at highlights from high school, but until he actually gets some experience at this level, some real time experience at this level, that's something that needs to be taken into consideration as well. So I don't think they should take it yet. Um, But if those injuries with our quarterbacks linger, then I, or especially towards the end of the season where we continue to struggle and we were not really not playing for quote unquote, anything like a bowl or, or uh, a championship, you know, if the season keeps going downhill by that time, you, you get a four, you get four games where you can still keep your red shirt at that time. Sure. Why not? I'd give them some reps. I mean, look, dude, that, it, that, it, does, it doesn't matter.
1: We got, we got bigger problems in the quarterback position. He could be I, Lamar I Jackson, and too. we're not going to score points because we we are not consistent anywhere on offense. And Jerry, by the way, for future reference, if you want a hot take, you ask me, not Jerry. Jerry's going to say <laughs> all the right stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. You want a hot take, you come this way or ask Nick.
0: <laughs> well, it, I, I tend to I tend to break it down a lot more uh, because because it's it's not a it's a hard those are hard questions to answer, right? um Zeon, look i love again i think Zion is the future but you know there's so many factors that go into him being a starter um i still think
1: we're asking the wrong question that is
0: not the, even look, that's not even but, on the table right now hey let me tell you until the offensive line gets better none of it matters that's absolutely correct is the offensive line and once again today the offensive line outside of pass block didn't do much to help the run game until towards the end when Chris Smith started taking the game into his own hands, which by the way, watching Chris Smith run the ball today was, was pretty special. It looked like the Chris Smith of old,
1: but well, you know you why? Because the because shot. the offensive line started making a push and that was beautiful to see. I mean, it was a great thing. All right. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, Brian, I know you've been waiting. Go ahead, man. It's all yours.
6: Yeah. So basically all I wanted to say was uh, when it came, comes down to like the attendance. So, so, it was good. I mean, like we had a ton of people on a beautiful day um, with a lot of things to do in the area that showed up and that were were there. So we we actually did have people. It was not not a shortage of people. Um, Now I can't, I mean, I'm not going to take up for anything that is going on for the game today, but there were a lot of people that were there and it was pretty amazing. And I want to give props to the students because they were
1: absolutely they showed up. The they, 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 they great were job. great. Probably one of the more engaged student sections that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, they, the students did their job.
6: No, I mean that's basically what I had. I mean, like, I mean, everything else, like, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a rough, been a rough season. It's it's been tough. But I, I mean, I, people people were there. Alumni had like, I mean, we filled up stuff. I I can tell you right now. I kept refilling uh, mimosas and Bloody Marys and everything else. Like, there people were there.
1: Oh, yeah. The problem is we don't struggle to get a crowd. We struggle to get them to come back. And Jacob made a good point about the tailgate not opening until three hours before the game. I did not know that. So that's on me. Uh, I think that's why not open it earlier than that. I don't know. Maybe there's some logistics that go into that. But when I saw it at 12, 1 o'clock, there were nobody there. There there just weren't. After that, sure. But I was talking about you got a 4 o'clock kickoff. I would expect that tent to be full at 10, 11 o'clock. So that was my only comment about that. But, I, but I've said consistently, the west side of the stadium, as far as tailgating goes, they've showed out all year. That's where the majority of your, of your, um, your crowd has been for the, for the tailgate. The RV spot, the RVs have been a ghost town to this point. It's not, it's not acceptable because that is a very big, uh, it's, a, it's a revenue generator. And we're not putting them where they need to be. And I, I have said many times that you need to come down off that price until you get the damn uh, waiting list back. When you get the waiting list back, sure, creep up on it incrementally. No problem. But right now, you're scaring people away with cost. You got to go get the people to get in the damn lot. That, that's my deal with that. Brian, appreciate your, your thoughts. Terry, Mr. Terry, all yours, all the way live from Hawaii. Hey,
7: uh, first off, uh, I want to say I thought that it was also going to be a blowout. I'm not gonna lie. Like I thought, South Alabama was gonna come in and beat our, beat the Brex off, but but when they we defense played great, and uh, offense just couldn't pull it out in the end. Or couldn't really score that much, but man, I, first of all, with the play calling, I love Dez. Everybody here wants him to succeed. Going into the half, like 25 seconds left in in the first half. Yes, we had three timeouts left to get the ball closer to field goal range, and we didn't take, we waited, and we got the first down, and, like, they had to stop stopping the, the chains, but the clock's going to keep running when the chains move. And we didn't call a timeout. It was like 10 more seconds to pick off, and we have three timeouts left. I'm like, what are you doing, Des? Like, I, I was so frustrated at that more than, I was more frustrated at that one than I was at the one at the end of the game.
1: Let me let me ask you um, this. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's a lapse mm-hmm. in judgment? Do you think he's occupied? Or do think, you think... I think there's too much stuff to do. I think, he has, I think he's doing too much.
7: I yeah. just think he's worried about play calling and he's not worried about situa- situational awareness of the game. I think that's what it was. That's what I thought.
1: I, I agree with you. I, I was going to ask you the other question, but I, was, I had three options. Number one, is he preoccupied? Yeah, right. Number two, is well, really the question I wanted to ask you is do you think he trusts the passing game? Do you think he trusts a passing game to even go for uh, the field goal right there in that situation?
7: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I didn't really think about that. Maybe he didn't. Uh, but That's a good question. I didn't really think about that, but <sighs> that that was just really frustrating to watch. And, and the second thing, I'm, I'm all, I'm all the heart. God, man. Like, I've seen so much leakage in the first four games. Here it was better, and the second half was better. Yes. But not even just the leakage. They ran a stunt with the tight, ty- like with the defensive end goes inside, and the three technique goes outside. The left tackle, I forgot his name, does not follow the guy twisting, and he just hits Ben. And gets clobbered, and I'm like, "What are you looking at? I'm like, What are we teaching this dude? These guys? I, I mean, I, I don't know anybody on the line personally like I used to. Like all those guys that I knew personally graduated last year, so I don't know anybody personally. I'm not going to say like talk rap about them, but come on, man, like follow well, and, your blocker. And, and it happened
1: I three happen. or four times. Is that a lack of recognition? Is that inexperience? What is it? To me, that's like not. We're not working
7: stunts. Like we, when I was also, I was like, we worked stunts every day in practice. If you and your, if you were the, if I'm the left guard and the left tackle, and I knew I had no center help, and the center was going to help the right side, me and that, me and that left tackle, I'm the left guard. We basically have these two on our own, regardless of where they go, unless they go to the, uh, they, unless they cross the face of the center. So he just went to the other side, and the left tackle didn't follow him. Like what? You're, you're the guy you were blocking is now being blocked by your left guard. The left now you have nobody to block. Oh wait, the guy that your the left guard was blocking, and now trying to go with you. You follow the guy. That you, it's simple. It's simple. And
0: it, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Well, Ter- Terry, I got to ask, man. Since you know you, you were a former lineman for the Cajuns, and you know when you played, the rushing attack was solid. You guys really laid a foundation for the type of I- offensive identity that we still had. Well, that we had up until. <laughs> This year, it seems Until like. Now. <laughs> Question, man. I, and you watch every game. I mean, you and I text back and forth during the games and stuff, but I did. I've never asked you this, but when you see the offensive line now, and look, I know they're young. I know there's a lot of inexperience. I know we lost a lot of talent, whether it was to the NFL or to some injuries or to the portal. But the offensive linemen you see now, when you watch the game, are these things or mistakes fixable? Is it something that's going to take a lot of time? Is it something like, in other words, as fans, could we say that there's could be a little optimism to this offensive line improving as the season goes on, or is it just one of those things where you look at it and go, "Man, this is we've got a we've got," I mean, this is this is this is bad. Like, what what is your when you see the offensive line, what what goes through your mind as far as you know the the little things that are fixable or just <laughs> where this this whole season is going to be a roller coaster ride with what you watch? When, when I see the offensive line, uh, heard, first of all, I see, you know,
7: four new starters, right? Um, I, mean, I mean, I know uh, Carlos was hurt last year and he didn't play the full season, but I, I still see four guys who were, like, out of practice, so I say that. So, there's the cohesion still has to get there. When I, when I played online, line we only lost, like, one or two guys every year, and we would replace no more than two guys. So, that was that. Also, when I see, like, we can fix a lot of the issues, like leverage just simple leverage man like uh, you know I, I don't care if you're six five or six foot if you can just get on somebody's pad do it i i saw and i'm not trying to you know you know just blow him up but i saw uh, harrington get absolutely demolished against ulm last week and the dude is gifted he's physically gifted you just gotta have a dog in it. and i don't really see much dog like you know French is like you just you know, I'm not gonna try to i I'm trying, not, trying not to cut not the curse. I don't see anybody just messing people up in there. Like there's no dog consistently dog plays on our on our own line. Like nobody's just, consistently going there and just proving I'm the man. I don't see that out there. Yeah, we, um, we just, talked
1: about that after Southeastern. I mean they did their yeah. job to a certain degree, but nobody was getting yeah, like you said, nobody was getting effed up in there. It it just but like it didn't yeah. occur. And we thought that Harrington was gonna be that guy. We needed him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Who was uh, who was the one I think in 2019 was it Robert Hunter or, or Kevin Dodson that blew up that linebacker like 10 yards back he just like literally threw him down like a rag doll I, I, I haven't seen that that in a long time uh from the line now granted I'm we're talking two NFL starters but that that physicality you know I remember I remember Terry you had it the line you played with had it all the time I mean that's why Zoe and Eli would just break 80 yard runs you know every yeah. other play it seemed like, but. That that I, I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen that that just that oomph, that physicality from our offensive line. And, and maybe it's because of their immaturity or their their youth, that they're more focused on the technique of I can't mess up. I can't. I got to I got to follow my assignment rather than just saying, you know what? The heck with it, man. I'm just going to I'm going to blow you off the line and dominate you. I mean, where do you draw the line on that between the physicality and, and, and the technique?
1: Hey T, before you answer, that was that was Rob, that was Big Rob that did that. And by the way, shout out to Big Rob, fins up, he's in the space tonight. So nice. I think oh, Jerry, Jerry's trying, trying to Rob. he's trying to curry some favor there. That's what that is.
7: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I remember when Robert Hunt in the door, and I was a, I graduated already, and I was in the dorms. I saw this dude walk in. I'm like, man, what, other, what office you had? Uh, I had no office. I just <laughs> and I'm like, man, we got you. Like I remember when he walked in the door into the huger hall. I think that was. With dorm room, our dorm room. Yeah man, hey, man. The dude, dude's awesome player proud of him. But but for me it's like, what are we coaching? Like are we coaching are we coaching levers? Are we coaching double teams the right way? Like I, I remember in, in coach Coach Mitch Rodriguez was like me and him would always get into it. And he would always yell at me and I would always yell back. And I was a very hard headed player. But he would always get on me and he would always embarrass me in front of everybody on the offense if I messed up. I remember Terrence I, I got so pissed. I remember Terrence Broadway had to be the one to calm me down. Cause I, was so pissed. 'Cause I didn't want to be like called out. Like 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 Butler said, like just you know, just the coaches I'm not saying the coaches are the are the problem. I'm just saying like that's where I got it from. Coach Rod that was a great online coach and how he coached technique and how he coached film and the plays and the calls, there was just no there was no like holes in it. Like there was a call for every audible, everything. And we and we repped that from December 31st after the bowl game all the way to, like, to the end of the season. You know, and, yeah, I don't know, if I was in the locker room, I guess I could give you a better answer.
1: Yeah, and of course, but what do you know about Jeff do you Have you spent any time talking to him? I mean, I can tell you he I comes off as before. a very knowledgeable guy. He's a likable guy. I, I want coaches to make players uncomfortable if they're not performing. And I guess my question yeah. would be, if you have any type of personal experience with him, is he one of those guys that'll call you out? I think it's a big point that we don't really talk about. A coach that's willing to get in somebody's face and make people uncomfortable, is it too, is it too country club in there right now? I, 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 I've never talked to him ever.
7: I, but I know for a fact, whenever I watch somebody do like a stupid offside or personal foul, I immediately look to the sideline and have the camera pan on the sideline, which coach is going to chew that player out? And I see no coaches get furious in a player's face. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, when Oregon, I forgot who they played last year, but when uh, Coach uh, Cristobal was at Oregon last year, and a player did, like, he spun the ball, and, like, he, like, and it was a long pass, Ball lit him up for, like, and it cost them yards, and they tried to get in the field away And they had the camera on Ball forever, like, just chewing, chewing his butt out. And the guy just, and the player looked at Ball like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I don't see any of that. Whenever our players get in trouble, I don't see any of the coaches do that. And I notice you know, that every every time.
3: I'll take it a, a step further. Tonight, I mean, Des talked to Narcisse after he got tossed out the game, but the kid didn't even leave the sideline. So not only are we not getting in his face, we had to stop play to get him off the sideline because he was still he was still on the sideline and hadn't left the field. Yep. I, mean, I mean, that's that that speaks perfectly to what you're saying.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's a country club. I don't know, but it, I know it's not, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying man. It's so, it's so frustrating to
1: watch. I'm with you, man. Uh Once again, as always, T, we appreciate your thoughts. Continue to listen. And uh if you have more thoughts, by all means, request to speak and we'll let you in. Always appreciate you. Uh, Thank you all. You all do a great job. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I do get the feeling that there's just, there's, there's an intangible there that, that, we don't have right now that we've had for a long time. Can't quite put my hands on it. Can't can't quite put your finger on it, type of thing. Um, I man, what I will say is that we can talk about some positives from tonight. We rushed the football. We had over 160 yards rushing. That's that was a productive night in my view. I mean, hey, better better than what we've done. So we were different backs were able to get yards and and have positive, uh, playing time. I mean, look at Terrence Williams he had a, a really nice game um some tough yardage that's what i wanted to see tough yardage not you know just a blown assignment and people's like chris smith had a couple of 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 uh, runs that he kind of he, he broke and some of that was him just being nimble and being chris smith that's his deal but watching why watching williams get tough yardage was something that was nice to see especially in that second to last drive where we needed it that was good um of course the lids were great the uniforms were were awesome the crowd was good I, but I think if I if I have a positive tonight, I walk away with a positive. It's the physicality with which the defense played. I, I saw linebackers reacting tonight, not thinking. They didn't think. They reacted. They played football. They hit people. The secondary was the secondary that I expected to see. And and to a few people's point, we got to we got to get out of that soft zone on third down. We got to stop doing that. That is not our defense. I know Lamar likes to run that, and God bless him. I love Lamar. I'm so glad he's here stop it's not working especially in third and long dude we, we got to do something different let them put pressure on the quarterback every time we do it it works we still played good defense tonight we should have won the game we had we had allowed 17 points with less than a minute to go in the game you can't miss field goals you can't you, you can't have boneheaded penalties you can't get thrown out of games you can't have i mean the quarterback play tonight was so poor I was excited for Ben to have his shot because obviously, like we knew Chandler had the right separated shoulder before the game. I was surprised to even see him gutted out to even start that, that surprised me. Uh, but this was in my view, this was Ben's time to, to jump up and grab the the position, go out and take it. It's yours. Here's your opportunity. And I, I, I could be honest with you. I don't know if he did that. I don't think he did inconsistent. You got John, John Stevens Jr. Has all of the tools he is a mismatch for everybody in this league. He is, he's is he got plenty of speed. He's got, you know, he can do it all. he He's your 50-50 ball. He, he can't catch. I don't know what the hell happened to this guy. He cannot catch. His routes are lazy. I don't know if his routes are lazy because he doesn't feel like he's getting the amount of targets that he he should. But, dude, when you got brick hands, you shouldn't be getting any targets. I'm sorry. If he's in the space, I apologize. But it's the truth. Can't catch a cold right now. You got Mike Jefferson that'll go out and snag a ball in triple coverage, but drop a wide open pass in the flat. Can't happen. You can't fumble. You can't drop passes. You're supposed to be our guy. You know, I don't know how healthy uh, LeBlanc is, but I think he had a a a catch tonight. And uh, my wife said, is that the first time he caught a pass uh, tonight? The last two games? We don't know. He's MIA. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just saying, is he not part of the game plan anymore? Again, we, we see another game with no no bubbles, no screens, no jets. We did have the end-around towards the end of the game that I think netted four or five yards. But it was good to see that we were getting a little bit creative. I'm not a big end-around guy, but, hey, it was something. It was something else. Um, but to, to another caller's point about slow-developing plays, five-step drops when we have average pass protection, I, I'll never understand the game plan, when we're not. We're not playing. In my view, we're not playing to our strength. We're not calling to our strength. Nick's like, nope. no, I don't have shit. I, I mean, I, don't have it. I mean, we we're we
3: rehash this every week. <laughs> I mean, you're saying what we said the last two weeks, and and I don't. I think there's a lack of trust between our quarterbacks and our receivers right now because, like you said, we'll complete a pass, and then the next play to the same guy, he'll drop it. It'll be through his hands or. Uh, or we'll fumble the ball or or it's like, it's almost bad news bears. Like it it seems like two step one step forward, 14 steps back. And, and what's worrying me is we're four games into the season. And I think uh, James or somebody pointed out earlier, we still have no offensive identity. We don't know who we are. And thank God for Chris, because I think Chris Smith is the spark plug that this team needs. And then Chris goes down at the 30 yard line when he's breaking one for a touchdown. So again, there's, one step forward and another thirty yards back, and we can't get out out of our own way, and we can't get out of karma's way. Uh, it's I'm I'm just I'm not trying to say I feel like this is what the season's going to be going forward because but
1: I got nothing. You know, I got nothing. I would like to I, I hear from yesterday. like I'd like to hear from either the, we have some Ian is Ian in here? I don't know if Ian's in here. If Ian can maybe speak on this or Matt Barnes well, let me, or... Let me, or James, real quick and then I'll let you go, Jerry. How many times were they playing press man with single high safety and you had Steve or uh, uh, Mike Jefferson on the outside and then they would, uh, Dante Fleming was uh, opposite wide a few different times. Single high safety, obvious that somebody was going to be open. Somebody was going to have a mismatch and they wouldn't even attempt to the pass. Would, they had plenty of time. There's a couple of times that Ben saw it, didn't even try it. I, I just don't understand why we're not making the decision. Multiple times when Chandler was in the game, you had a guy open in the flat, and he, and he would wait, and he would wait, and he would wait, and he would wait, and then by the time he would see the guy in the flat or he would decide to throw the ball in the flat, there was somebody there, and he'd basically have to throw the ball away. Where Where is that intermediate passing game that we were so good at with Levi? It's non-existent right now. You know,
0: I uh, said yesterday, in order for us to win you can't make the the simple mistakes. And I find that today we did just that. We made the simple mistakes. I I think I think what hurt us, you know, besides the missed field goal and of course some of the penalties was the fact that on offense our passing game outside of the the drop ball in that last drive before halftime we got a bunch of three and outs where we just it was like like to your point josh you would see ben roll out to the flat it would either be a play action or or a, you know it would shift shift to the to the to the strong side and there were at least one or two guys down the seam that were open and he just missed them or he would just throw it away there was one play we ran a play action and he he eludes a blitz he gets out of the pocket throws it to the sideline there was a receiver I think it was Stevens, 30 yards up the field wide open. And, and of course, it's easy for us to see it from the hill or from the stands, but I'm sure when they look at the film tomorrow, they're going to see there were a few open receivers that Ben didn't see. Which Look, Ben's a pocket passer. He's got to see those things. And so I would hope that moving forward we take more chances downfield because right now – these little intermediate routes to the the flat, it's not getting us any yardage. Even if we make complete a pass, it's a two-yard pass. You're not going to move down the field doing two-yard dink and doinks. You know, the reason why we got away with it under Billy's offense was that we had the run game to complement it. Levi would complete a three-yard pass. You know, Elijah Mitchell would get the ball the next play, get seven or eight yards. Then he would do it again for two or three yards. Then you give it to Regas for 30 yards up the the gut. We don't have that type of run game to get away with three-yard pass plays to the flat. Maybe that's all they see. I don't know, but I'm just seeing too much. Cons- and, and even when we throw a pass to the flat half the time, we can't complete him because the receivers are dropping the ball. I don't know. I'm all about taking more chances at this point. I mean, at this point, really, what do you got to lose? Go to, go downfield more, man. And by the way, that one interception that Ben threw, I know a lot of people are getting on Ben about that. He actually got pulled as he threw it. I, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate because I think if he would have thrown it about a sp- split second earlier... I think it would have been completed for a touchdown, but it doesn't matter at this point.
1: Offensive line's got to produce. So,
0: you know. Josh,
3: let me ask you this question that, that we haven't addressed. So on the, on the last drive of the game, your second and 10 incomplete pass, they call holding, or it might have been a complete pass, but they call holding. You could either back them up 10 yards, go second down again, or you have third down and 10. They're we've seen what they did on third down all game. So you're thinking I'm thinking back them up and let's take a chance to get them to make a mistake and they'll press and try to get big yardage. What What are your thoughts? Are, are you comfortable with the, the the third and 10 instead of taking it, you know, second and 20? I wasn't, I wanted the second and 20.
1: I'll tell you why I, I agreed with the call. First of all, you got seven defensive backs on the field. I mean, you're in a, you're in the prevent of all prevents. It's third and 10 we had two timeouts left at that time, and it was there were 30 seconds left. So, obviously, they're going to try to get the first down. If they throw another incomplete pass, you have an opportunity, A, for Eric Garrett to get another opportunity to, to return the kick, and in theory, you have probably three plays to get into field goal position. I didn't hate the call. In retrospect, you know, it's easy to say, well, if we'd have taken the penalty, it's, it's second and 20, and blah, blah, Well, they still broke the. I don't know. I don't know how far the run went for. Was it like eighteen yards on the handoff, which was I yeah, thought was a, like I thought it was a brilliant play call. I mean, it, the, we didn't have the numbers to stop the run. They, it was a great play call. I I didn't hate not accepting the call because in Mike's in my view, I think Mike thought stop him on third down. We have an opportunity to win the game, and. At home, obviously, you play to go to overtime. At the the same time, the defense was probably gassed at that time. Again, because they've been on the field the whole night. I'm not going to kill them for that. Uh, You know, I I think you can go either way with it. Jerry, do you feel the same?
3: uh, I'm not saying I I definitely, I'm I'm not not pissed about it. Right. It's a good thought. uh, It's a good
1: conversation to have.
3: Yeah, I'm just but I'm just thinking like me as a coach, which thank God I'm not. But if I were, I'm thinking, okay, we get him backed up second and twenty and we bring pressure and try to make something happen, make him fumble the ball. Because he he didn't play well under pressure. On, when we did bring pressure, he, he wasn't great. He was throwing the ball
1: all over the place. But so I thought that might be an opportunity we're for We're sitting us. back in that damn zone with six and seven DBs. Right. We weren't pressuring him at that time. So correct. I, so you're right. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Jerry. I, I just think up up until that point. They really didn't throw on us consistently all game. So I I fi- I figured you decline the penalty. It's third down. You know the third down numbers weren't looking too good up until up until then, to where I I just I trust the defense to make that one play, and we didn't. So that's something where yeah I do I, look I we talked about this after Rice. We prod ourselves on the press coverage, and of course you don't want to let the guy get behind you, but at the same time. Our zone defense, it just hasn't been as effective as James alluded to when he called in. Um, I I just felt enough trust in the defense to make that one play. You make that one play, they punt, and you go to overtime. So they made two or three big plays on that last drive that they hadn't made all game. And I think part of it was because of of the scheme we were in. But I expected us to make that one stop. I, I really did.
1: I did too. And like I said, I, I'm going to tell you right now, that was the best throw that he, that he threw all night long. The placement was perfect. I mean, it was away from the defender. Only his guy was going to catch it. It was, It was. Look, give South Al some credit. South Alabama is a good football team. What I learned about our team tonight is that the talent is exactly where we thought it was. Now, look, you can say what you want about the offensive line, and we've got a ways to go. Don't get me wrong. That's true. But we've got the talent. We didn't even play well. Now, the the defense was outstanding, okay? So I'm not going to say But one of three phases should never give you an opportunity to win a football game. And we were there. We were right there. Bad game management cost us that game. And that's one thing that a lot of people agree on. I'm getting personal messages right now. We've talked about it at the tailgates and after the game. Game management to this point has been abysmal. And I think that the people that want to say that Des needs to either coach or call plays, I think that it gives them some, some validity to the, to the argument because I, I think the small intangible things like game management, clock management, management, whatever you want to call it, they suffer when you're entrenched in play calling and you're thinking your way through that. So I don't think those people are, are wrong by saying that maybe maybe you know Dez needs to just give it to Tim and let him do his thing. It's not been horrible, but it's definitely there's plenty to be desired. I think we all agree the game management has not been up to par. It's been one of those things that every literally every game we've been we've, we've said what what the hell's going on. But but I did want to say there were positives, you know, like like I mentioned before the call. We 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 played hard. We we. The defense was ferocious. The offensive line uh, improved. There's still plenty to do, but improved. The rushing attack was at least present. Um, some some individual good play. I, I was impressed by the linebackers tonight for the first time this season. So Quibido had a great game. Uh, Braylon Tronholm, two two Acadian and Wrecking Rams had really good games. Uh, you know, obviously Eric Garrett had a great a great game. I thought Anderson played a, a solid cornerback tonight again. I really like his move in the cornerback and I like his physicality. I like his size. I I like the way that he plays the position. He's aggressive. Um, There's plenty, plenty, plenty to get better at. But again, to Terry's point, we played a very good football team. We did not play near an A game for us and the opportunity to win was right there. So you got to walk away as a fan feeling like at least there are building blocks there. Uh, At the same time, As a player, you go out and you give yourself a chance to win against a Western Division opponent that you have been told for a week is better than you, and then you lose like that. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be tough to overcome, man. I'm just telling you that's going to be tough to overcome. That's going to be – that can become a mental block. I hate to say it, but it can be. Do we still have the stats pulled up, Nick? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Did did it – what what were they on uh, third down what was their third down conversion rate
3: they were they were 12 for 21 12 um, for
1: 21 and a lot of those were in long situations
3: yeah. correct and and uh, but the, again the the third downs that they did convert on were big third downs like they were they were third and big eight moments. you know third and 12 yep. and they big moments in the game yeah and that's that's to me what was concerning and again our third down performance was crap until the
0: last drive
1: yeah and Nick is asking about the uh, the South uh, Alabama player that collapsed on the sideline. If we had any update, did anybody see that on social or anything?
3: No, I did. Um, I did hear that there was apparently this is an issue that's happened with that player before. Um, so not to say it was not surprising for their team for this to happen to him, but it has, has happened before. So um, the thought was um, that he'll be okay.
1: That's good. Uh, as far as notes, uh, you know, Kenny nailed that fifty-one yard field goal, and that's great. And we need it. It was a big kick, but you gotta make them inside of forty, man. The one that he missed, the second one that he missed, I think was right outside of forty, right? It was like forty-one or forty-three. And then the first one was inside of forty, if I remember right. Yes. We, we got. I don't get it, man. I mean, this is and this we've been plagued by theme. inconsistent field goal kicking for years. I know. And
3: I, that's something that I, I just I can't I don't get. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a very you have one job guy. But like this is this is for years. We've been going through this and we still can't we still can't find consistency there. So, uh, look, I was <clears throat> I told you it was big on special teams coming into the season. And I thought we would take a step forward in our place kicking. Um, that's, that's a little disappointing. And I know, and, and we made, I'm, I'm assuming we made the switch because of performance reasons. I don't know if there was an issue. Um,
1: well, Nick, I think so that, we, I think it was Kenny's job. And then they, they brought in the other guy because Kenny still had that lingering groin. And then once he was gotcha, full go, gotcha. they, they played him. I think that's the case. Don't quote me on that. But, uh, yeah. so, so Jacob's saying that he thought Stafford missed the first field goal. Maybe it was Stafford. I, I didn't see because I was stuck in the line trying to tell. get in the game.
3: I, I, I'm pretty sure. Wh- It was Almendaris, but because I said, I thought so too.
1: Yeah, I thought thought the same,
3: but I may be wrong. One positive from today my gumbo
0: was damn good. I
3: just want to share
1: that. Take the wins where you can get them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I, a positive for me was I got to take my daughter for the first time to to her first tailgate and she really enjoyed the homecoming parade uh she looked good in her little red and Cage and cheerleader outfit so that was that was fun and I had a good time you know we really today usually for our game for the games we sit in our seat we stay there you know the wife and I kind of walked around a little bit Josh we saw you and and your wife and and your kids running up and down the hill and Visited some, Holy friends, God. some listeners to the pod speaking, on the other side of the hill.
1: Speaking of the hill, what kind of seventh realm of hell is that? It was chaotic today. It's terrifying. It These kids are out of their chaotic, freaking yeah. minds.
0: Those kids. And, and it's funny. So, so what was hilarious about that is um, they, they all, it seems like it's kind of like parents when they, when they go to, um, like Chuck E. Cheese, and they just kind of let their kids wander around while they sit around and chit chat. That's kind of like the hill. Like they're just, okay, now go play, you know, and, and they just talk and have a beer and watch football. Uh it's almost like a Chuck E. Cheese in Cajun Field, but just well, we can big, take
1: this opportunity a big hill to of say grass instead. Folks, tell your badass kids not to throw the football across the damn hill and hit people in the face. It's kind of rude. I I you know. I saw that happen like one four or five times. Things,
3: one of my favorite things to do when I was on the on the field doing the announcing was um was when the kids would throw the ball over the the gate. I would kick it away from them into the 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 grates of you know where all the water would go and be like, oh my bad, sorry, because I know the parents were pissed off and they didn't want them throwing that. Um, one thing I did want to say was that uh, along the positives during the 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 parade. Man, some of those fraternities and sororities really showed out. One with the attendance, because those floats were full, but the the attention to detail on the decorating of the floats this year, man, they really put some effort. I mean, some of them look like they belonged in the tournament of roses parade. I don't know what kind of fake flowers they <laughs> had on there, but it was it was really good. They they really put out some effort this year. So uh that, that was fun to see as well.
0: You know, one of the great things that we always admire about homecoming is especially from my wife who was who a Greek in college. Like they all all of all of her sorority sisters get together and we always we, we've turned it into a, to a tradition where we go to the parade. And of course, they look for their float. But it's so cool now because it really is a, a community thing. And like I've said earlier uh, in this in this um segment i kind of wish we could do that for every game if we can bring that type of environment to every game find a way for the city to work with um you know find a way for the city to work with the university in these game day experiences you know i mean look again you know i don't want to come off as a complainer but you had comic con
1: we all same day as a football game we're complainers man just embrace it dude just embrace it I, i think that it's six fall, it's six <laughs> Saturdays in the, in the fall. I mean, six if, times. If, if
0: that type of environment that we had today, be every home game would be great.
1: It's not hard. Just make it make it fun. Six Saturdays out of the year, and sometimes five. I, I don't think it's too much to ask. Um, but you know, I'm just a complainer. You know, Marcus Marks was in here, which is uh, the the event coordinator or game day coordinator or whatever. And I wanted to talk to him and try to get his thoughts on a few things, but. I really would love to know why all of a sudden that you got to get the students all in this one little area. And when you look from the other side of the field, it's like, you know, the home crowd is what it is. And then the South end zone is sometimes dotted up and you have, you know, some folks and then you get over to the band and they have their spot. And then you have that one little slice of students. And then it's completely bare for like four sections over. What, a, why? I, I, I'm sure there's a reason, but why? Just curious of, well, look, if you're going to do that, if you're going to keep the students out of that middle
3: section, put the freaking band there, move that section over to the middle. So at least we have something in that middle section because it looks like crap and it's embarrassing and, and people are sending screenshots going, well, you have nobody at the game. Yeah. Because you're looking at what for some reason we decided to do and move all the students to one little section. And then I think overflow gets it to the corner. It, It looks dumb. Uh I don't know, man. I'm gonna rant
0: off.
1: No, that's fine. That's that's what we do this for, so we can rant and holler and feel better. No, I
0: mean it's a good point. Um I said that against Eastern Michigan and look I've heard some I've I've heard some stories of I've heard some stories of why they did it. Um and and they're trying they basically want to they want to consolidate the student section because uh I've heard that the students were a little over rowdy the last few games. So they wanted to consolidate them to watch them a little bit more. But in spite of that, you, you have an empty section and not only do you have an empty section, it's right on the 50 yard line. So when people are watching and they see that, what's the first thing that comes to mind is, Oh, nobody's there. Nobody's there. So I, I don't know, put if you're going to, yeah, if you're definitely going to, um, if you're, if you're going to do something about that section, do Put, put something there. Make it look full. Heck, put the cardboard people there. I don't care, you know? Give the Louisiana tech tarps and put them there. I don't care. Something
3: better than looking fancy. And by the way, my friend had a ticket last game for that section, and they said, no, you have to sit with the students.
1: My six-year-old daughter even said it looked goofy. Wait, what? Why not just let people go wherever they want? That's what she said.
3: No, literally. My friend had tickets in that middle section, and they told him, sorry, you got to sit in that section with the, with the students. Because again, wait, 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 for some reason, nobody's communicating to each other, telling them
0: what's going on. So let me get this straight. Someone who got general admission tickets in that middle section was redirected to go sit with the students. Someone
3: who is not a student was told he had to go sit in the student section. Yeah, that's that's not cool. That's not again. Cool. It's again. It's just it's it's
0: people not talking to each other. OK, what's going on? So our friend, our boy, Nick Giel, right? The optics are bad. What do we talk about game day, right? What do we talk about all the time? Optics.
1: Jerry, Jerry, your boomer internet's messing up. I can't. We're going back and forth. I'm talking over you. (laughs) Go (laughs) ahead. Go ahead. I was just giving Nick a shout out for driving from Hattiesburg to Lafayette for home games. We can't get people to drive from Congress to freaking the Cajun get to, to Cajun Field. This dude drives from Hattiesburg, you know. Uh, look, we, know. Got
0: Nick, we got Nick driving. We got Nick driving from Hattiesburg. We got Andrew driving from Slidell. Uh, we got Nick right here driving from Houston. Yeah, <laughs> but uh,
1: look at James. James, <laughs> the game experience I, I, I is like have. those scenes in dentist office magazines. <laughs> Circle all the things wrong with this picture. But but the optics are true
0: because the the optics are true because you know to Nick's point he's got he lives by Hattiesburg he's got Southern Miss fans asking him you got we had a ULM fan talking smack and now you know they beat us one time in five years and all of a sudden they're God's gift of football making fun of our fans because the section looked empty and I'm thinking okay we had twenty thousand people at our game dude you ever they're talking 20, crap to people? our fans
3: as they're getting their ass handed to them by Arkansas State who's one and three on the season.
0: Who, who is this? They beat us one time. ULM fans. It's one fan they have on all the, of Twitter. The
1: fan. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's one fan. And they make they make fun of our, our... They're like, oh, well, you're fans. Look at your fans. I'm like, do you really want to compare attendance? Seriously? Do you really want to compare?
1: <laughs> uh, no, we've seen the enemy, and the enemy is us. Yeah, that's just the bottom line. Here's the other thing. I, this is some more jackassery. Why are we introducing the Hall of Fame class at the end of the first quarter? Why not Why not do that at halftime? Give them, like, introduce them one by one and all this stuff. I don't know, man. It's the same thing with HUD, the same argument we made with HUD. They gave HUD a five-second hello and, oh, never mind, TV timeout's over. Get back to the game. HUD's like, what? Well, gotta get
3: those the pizza races on the field real quick. I haven't right, even rolled up my
1: sleeves yet. What are you talking about? Get off the field. Go
3: pepperoni. Yeah, that was
1: important. I'm glad that they brought I think the pepperoni kick back beat though. The meat tonight, but I don't know. The, I, kick,
3: the guy who kicked the field goal. Hey, we, we need to sign him up.
1: That dude. Seriously, what? We've that had was no question. I think that's the third one that we've had to win this year. So there are some kickers out there. We just gotta we gotta put them in a uniform. Sorry, Kenny. You know I had to give you some shit. Um, if anybody wants to speak, please request. We're wrapping it up. Getting towards the end here. I think we've complained enough. Uh, but yeah, man, we're, the enemy is us. We invite thousands of people, and uh, we we don't accommodate them. They show up at we, the door, and we say we're wait outside. We said this
3: two days ago. Win the event.
1: Win the event. Yep. We didn't. Go ahead, T. The last the last thing I'll say, um,
7: just a little little uh, positive. Uh, ben Woolridge, he's not as giftedly talented. He is a running quarterback. When I when I saw him go in the game. The offense, the like the offensive of players. He's a leader. Like he is, I see guys flock to him more. Not nothing against Chandler. I think Chandler is a good player too. I mean, they all need experience. Um, but when I see Ben Wilber, like right before goes in the game, he everybody a fist pump. He's like, we're gonna drive down the field. We're gonna tie the game up. You know, play for overtime, and everybody just just followed him. Like I see a leader in that, like in, in that huddle. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I, that, that's all I had to say. There's one positive I, could, I, I, I saw uh, is that he, his, he, got, he has juice, and he gives juice to that offense.
1: I agree. I think the kids respond to him. I, I saw what you saw. Now that we've had five games to watch both of these things, I think Chandler does some things well, and I, I think he's a good player. I'm not down on him by any means. But there is a little bit something extra when Ben comes in the game As a fan, just sitting on the sidelines watching the game, you feel a little bit differently than when when Chandler's in. I I don't know if I speak for you guys, but that's how I feel when he comes in. Uh, I think he misses throws that he should not miss. Uh, But at the end of the day, these guys are college quarterbacks are going to miss some of those throws. Sometimes it's hard to eat. I I get it. Uh, But I do agree that the offense seems to respond when he's in the game. I don't know what it is. Maybe to Terry's point, it's a leadership thing maybe they just have some belief there that they may not necessarily have when when Chandler's in. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to really know when you're just watching. But I I do believe uh I agree with with Terry that that Ben has something extra. Any anything on the stat sheet that really stands out Nick, something that we haven't touched on yet
3: outside of the score? Um no, you know, I We were talking about time of possession. It was relatively even this week, which was, it didn't feel that way. I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe that's just me, but it, it you know what it was? Like
1: the the two drives at the end of the game were long drives for the Cajuns. I want to say that that second to last drive was like eight minutes, seven minutes, something like that. Yeah. But in the first half, Um, in the first half of South Alabama was on the field the entire freaking half, felt like.
3: Yeah. Cause they had 78 plays to our 66. So that, that tells you right there. No, I mean, it is what it is. There's is nothing that is shocking about how the stats play out and how the game played out. It's exactly, um, exactly what I expected to see. And um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not getting pissed off anymore going forward. I'm just going to take it as it comes and and hope for the best. Um, we got to get better again at penalties. Uh, it was a little bit better this week, seven for sixty-five to there eight for sixty, but. Stupid penalties just just killed us yet again.:
1: Hate it. Got to stop doing that. It has to stop right now. We cannot win like that. Uh, before we take these last couple calls, I want to say Carson's asking about stadium renovation. Carson, all we know is that after the season's over, the, the West Side Tower's coming down. That's all we know. Who knows what happens after that? Uh, you know, maybe we set up Jay under a tent on the concourse and they call games there. I have no idea. Hopefully it starts in December. Right, well, hopefully it starts after December because we're going to play for a bowl game. But uh, as soon as the season concludes, we know it's coming down. That's all we got right now. There are some renderings that were released uh, a couple of months ago, actually. And if you go look on the Internet, you'll be able to find them. I, the, the architect firm is escaping me right now, Jerry, if you remember. Uh, maybe throw it out there. I can't remember. But anyway, they've been hired. The renderings are in place. We know the West Side's coming down. Mike, go ahead, Mike.
8: Hey, Comment and a question. Comment comment is, uh, when David Hudson went down, Landon Burton went in. I don't know if it's coincidence, but i seem to sense that the running game was better when they made that change at the center. Not that I wanted Hudson to get hurt, of course, but Burton did a good job and I think the running game was actually better in that long drive. So that's a comment. Question. Uh, late in the game, 30 seconds to go, we've got, so I see their second and 10th, third and ten, at our 25. Uh, and there was a holy penalty on side out. Could have accepted the penalty and moved it back to the 15. We chose to go to uh, decline the penalty and put him in third down. I think we did that hoping we could stop him get the ball back and maybe win in regulation. I was the only one who agreed with Coach Des. Everyone around me said it was a dumb decision. What do y'all think?
1: So we kind of touched on this. I agreed with the call. I thought that Des was trying to get the ball back. We had a timeout left in 30 seconds. You get an incomplete pass right there ideally it's 22 seconds maybe you have two or three plays but the biggest thing is that you get gara an opportunity to return a kick i i totally agree with it uh i could see how maybe somebody would second guess that uh in the moment especially i thought it was a good call i think jerry and uh, nick had their own thoughts but that's where i stand
8: yeah i i, I just tuned in i was in some of us earlier but uh one of the guys around me used to play quarterback in high school so <laughs> yeah but you you in, in retrospect you know you would have they probably wouldn't have tried that, that little draw play on second and 20 with 30 seconds to go. And, um, yeah, and maybe that would be playing for overtime. But what the coaches does, you, and I think Coach Dez, you play with confidence. You have confidence in your guys, and you're playing for the winning regulations. So I know what he did it. I was just in the uh, a minority. All right, I uh, agree. We've got to stop the penalties. I was a little encouraged the way the game ended. We fought hard, and Coach Dez is right. You've got to play for four quarters, not just one. Good It'll point.
1: My God. Thanks, Mike. Uh, good point on how they fought when it was ma- when it mattered in, in critical times. People showed up. I think that's something. Another thing that we can throw on the positive side of the argument: there are some there are some positives to take away. I mean, you never want to do the whole moral victory thing, but I think that all things considered, uh, there are definitely some positives, and that is one of them. I, I thought that we made big plays in critical moments. Uh, Lane, all yours, sir. So I wasn't a- wasn't able to see the
5: first half. Until, like, the very end of the second quarter. Um, But I watched the entire second half. I feel like we competed a lot better than we did against ULM. Maybe just just because it was homecoming and we were back at home. Um, Just like the ULM game, I felt like we were two to three plays away from winning the game. A couple field goal misses. If we make those this week, we win. Or we're ahead instead of trying to come from behind. Um, but I feel like we, we are improving every week. Um, I know there's not really moral victories, but I do see that. Um, I feel like when uh, Chandler went down, I feel like Ben stepped up, especially when he needed to. And he made the throws. He made the, the runs. Um, you What did y'all see out of Ben tonight?
1: I'll just real quick, I'll recap. I thought that Ben had an opportunity tonight to absolutely solidify himself as the starter. And I thought that he made he made some plays, don't get me wrong. And and to Terry's point, there is some extra with him, and I agree with that. But I don't think that he made it clear cut. I, I still think that there's there's plenty to be desired there with that performance. Go ahead, Nick.
3: Yeah, and I think we touched on it, or you you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, that you thought that the reasoning behind the two quarterback system right now is because Chandler does some things, some things well, Ben does some things well, but neither of them do everything well. And I think we saw that tonight. I think we saw Ben can do some things well, but not certain things and Chandler does those better. So uh, it was an opportunity for him, like you said, to take the job. and And I don't know that he did. Now I will say, I felt that, our our flow was better on offense even though there were some mistakes that we made i felt like there was a little more continuity there and that made me feel as a fan just just knowing that ben's playing in you know we we got ben the second half of the game it made me feel a little better with him taking snaps so um no i i I think i think if if chandler comes back we're back in a two quarterback set and and i think that's going to be it for the season unless somebody just completely Completely comes out and dominates. Um, I think I think it's here because I think they all, both have their strengths, but they both have their weaknesses, and I, I I don't think anybody's ahead of each other.
0: Jerry, care to weigh in? I, I still think there's, yeah, I, I don't think there's a, um, like, I I still don't think there's a clear cut qu- quarterback right now that is solidified, like solidified as, as a starter. Now, granted, I know Chandler's name, the starter, <laughs> but neither quarterback has really separated themselves yet. Um I I still think there's a there's a learning curve there. Um tonight I don't think Ben I don't think he separated himself. I think he put us in the position to win. I think he played well as the game went on, but there were some things I saw that I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. I you know, again, there were a few receivers he missed downfield. I thought he did okay eluding some blitzes. I think his pocket presence fantastic, but um
1: I think he had happy you know, feet at I, times. I, I, I do agree. Did, but, but, I do agree that he gives you that that added dynamic of of eluding pass rush. I get that. But there were many times where he had guys in the flat, or he had he had Johnny Lumpkin two or three times right in the middle of the freaking field would not throw him the football. Uh, it was Neil Johnson actually one of those times. Johnny once and Neil. I think that he well he, he started to t- he toe tap when when uh, on that that last drive where we needed yardage. I think that he got a little bit of happy feet, but go ahead.
0: To my point, that's how, I mean, look, that, that's, that's, that's how that, that separate. That's what makes you as you, That's what separates you as a starter. I mean, look, Carter Bradley made a few of those throws today. He made some throws down the seam that were really, really nice. And, but that, that's why he's the solidified starter for South Alabama. That's I mean, look, they've they've waited for a Carter Bradley for a long time in Mobile. And that's the difference. I think that's what separates you. I think that can separate someone fr- from having this, you know, back and forth is when you can make those throws and you do have the confidence to, to air it out. You do have the confidence to take a chance. And I thought. I kind of wish Ben would have done that a little more. Again, Carter Bradley did it a few times today. He, he, you know, there was one play on third down, threw it right down the seam. His receivers his receivers, jumped and got it, and, and it was it was a thing of beauty. I hate to say it, but if you want to solidify yourself as a starter and pull away from the competition, those are the kind of throws you have to make. And I just, I didn't see that today.
1: Yep. I agree with that. Uh, anybody have anything else to say? If not, we're going to start winding it down. Joel, thanks for weighing in and listening. I appreciate you, uh, your support. And of course we love doing this and it's been tough lately. I mean, it's tough to get on here and, and have to recount all of the bad stuff, uh, you know, but we're here with people who care. So it makes it a little bit easier. At the end of the day, we lost, and we lost to a good football team. I, I I really did not like watching the Jags go to the center of the field and dance on our logo. That that was not all right, and I, I hope those guys remember what that feels like. <laughs> Jacob says this was one of the worst games from the quarterback position in years. Stop with the lipstick. I mean, look, I've said it from the start of the show. It wasn't good. I thought Ben kind of started to. It felt like he got into more of a, a a confidence rhythm, if that makes any sense. Like it, it felt like he had more command, even though he made mistakes. He kind of looked, he looked like the the guy for a while there in the, late in, the, in that half. I mean, we ended up scoring 10 points and yes, to your point, a lot of it goes back to the running game. And when Burton came in, um, they created a push. And again, I, I talked about Terrence Williams getting those tough yards that ultimately got the, the, the it put the ball in the end zone. I, I mean, that's what happened. He did make some throws, Ben did make some throws, but he missed some throws. He missed some reads. Again, he he got happy feet in the pocket. I mean, what are you gonna say, man? Especially look, but he's he, been he's been dealing with a bad offensive line for five games. Can you really blame him for getting happy feet?
3: But and I look, you can't put this on the quarterback. I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to I'd like to say our quarterback plays terrible, but yeah, he misses some throws, but guess what? When he hits them, he hits the receivers right in the hands, they drop the ball. I mean, so what? Uh, I mean, it's it's a team effort to be that bad offensively, um, and that's coaching included. You can't tell me we scored ten points tonight offensively. How many did we score last week? Seventeen? And what was that? I I can't remember because I blocked losing the ULM out of <laughs> my brain. But the point is, we continue to struggle offensively to score to score points, and then when we get in the position to score points, we do things like get a penalty that backs us up and then miss a field goal. It's not just quarterback play. Yes. Our quarterback play needs to improve, but so do, so does catching the ball, running the right routes, opening holes for our running game. Uh, I mean, there's so many things offensively that you can look at and say, this is not good. So no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put it all on Ben because Again, he made some bad throws, but when he hits receivers in the hands, you got to make those catches. South Alabama was making those catches. Well, actually, no. They dropped a few passes as well. So, I don't know, man. I I can't put it all on one guy.
1: I want to commend everybody for behaving tonight. I don't recount one F-bomb. Maybe just a couple of shits, and that was my fault. Uh, apathy,
3: Josh. I thought I thought y'all
1: were gonna be fired up tonight. I was freaking pissed off when I left, but we did well. So look at us, we're maturing. We lose on homecoming, and that's never fun. But we'll be back next week. Well, we'll be back in ten days or twelve days. We got a little bit of a, a halfway by, but I want to give a big shout out to the secondary, the linebackers, and the defensive line. Hell of a hell of a game tonight. That is the groups. Those are the units that I expected to see in 2022. So big shout out to those guys. Tough loss. Special teams, got to get your stuff together. Offense, we saw some glimpses. Keep pushing. Still got a long way to go in this campaign. Lots to learn. Lots to fix. Everybody, subscribe to the podcast. YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, IG, TikTok, myspace what what, what is there what is what else is there what are we not on linkedin are we on linkedin we're not
3: on linkedin but
1: we can be (laughs) we just got on linkedin check us out tell a friend write nice stuff about us in the comments do go on to the uh the different platforms and give us five stars because we deserve it work hard we'll see you all next week thanks for joining guys